This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, uh, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Ali Mwakaneno, your usual host. And with me today, I have Dr. Millicent Omukaga, who is a policy advisor for women empowerment and affirmative finance at the Africa Development Bank. She's also among the top 10 finalists of the Angaza Awards. If you're new here, the Angaza Awards is an awards that recognizes their achievements and the contributions of women in the finance sector. And uh, we want to get to know medicine a little bit and maybe talk about women empowerment, recognition, and uh, some of the policy gaps and contributions that we've seen in the recent past, and generally how we can have a more inclusive environment for women, especially in top leadership. Welcome to the show, Millicent. Thank you, Ali. Of course, my name is Millicent, as you have said. I'm a banking and finance professional. For the last two decades, I've been championing financial inclusion in the region. I'm a Kenyan, 43 years old, and currently serving as a policy advisor on women empowerment and affirmative finance, as you mentioned, at the African Development Bank Group. I'm based at the Cabinet Office of the President, and I'm responsible for supporting the bank work on increasing access to finance for women entrepreneurs in the continent. So um, I'm also very highly passionate about women economic empowerment. So I've delivered effective inclusive finance models, both in private and public sector, particularly in the women entrepreneurship space. I previously served as the Chief Operations Officer and Head of Business at the Agricultural Finance Corporation in Kenya. Uh, Previously, prior to that, I was head of programs at AFRACA, that is the African Rural and Credit uh, Agricultural Credit Association, which is a Pan-African institution that brings together uh, financial institutions in Africa to support agriculture and rural development. Um, Before that, I worked as a general manager at the Kenya Women Microfinance Bank, known as KWFT. Then I joined KWFT from Family Bank, where I had been in the transformation of the bank from the building society towards a bank regulated by the central bank. And then I worked there as head of audit and head of risk and compliance. I joined Family Bank from PricewaterhouseCoopers, where I was working in the advisory arm of PwC. But uh, before PwC, I started my career early in the 90s at the Kenya Commercial Bank, now called KCB Group, where I served in various uh, functions of the bank, in treasury, in operations. And that is really where my grooming of my career started. I've also served in various boards as a director and a trustee, and all this time pushing inclusive governance and inclusive finance. Maybe also on my qualifications, I hold a PhD in Development Studies from Erasmus University of Rotterdam in the Netherlands. I have a Master's of Business Administration and Bachelor of Commerce Degree, First Class Honours from the University of Nairobi. I'm a certified banker. 
and certified public accountant of Kenya in good standing, I must say. I'm also certified in project management for development. And most importantly, I'm a wife, a mother of one son for now. Thank you. That is quite an impressive career. Just to get to know perhaps how what it took to rise in your career, what are some of the challenges you encountered and how did you navigate around that? Thank you, Ali. I was not very conscious about challenges because I just thought that's how it is supposed to be. Because I managed to get a good education, my first degree, and immediately got my master's. And then I later on went to pursue my doctorate. But in the service, in the banking sector, I hardly saw women at the top. I saw a handful of uh, bank branch managers and maybe one or two directors. But at that time, I was not very conscious of why there were few women at the top. So that bothered me a little bit and uh, made me um, curious why there were hardly women at the top. And also that is a time that I now started questioning what is it that is making women know to go to the top beyond the questions I'd had about women accessing financing and women struggling to access leadership positions. So my career generally was not full of challenges that I can say gender related because I was not even conscious about it. I only discovered when I was at the top with few women even as I engaged in the banking industry with the central bank during this transformation for banks, I discovered that even on their side, there were not women. And so that's the moment that I got very conscious about this. Why then aren't there women leading financial institutions? And I got interested through various ways that we can talk about as we go along. Looking back, it's been approximately 11 years you know, since you were in KWFT and uh, now you're in the FDB. What are some of the bridges that you have built that have helped sort of more women join finance? And this is specifically on emphasis after you say that even when you're at KWFT at that time, we did not have as many women in management. Thank you, Ali. Uh, some of the bridges that I have either built or initiated or contributed are to do with mentorship for women and girls. I joined the Kenya Girl Guides Association as a national treasurer when I was a bit younger. And I joined the gas movement and I got into mentorship. And thereafter, I have been engaged in mentoring women and girls, intentionally drawing their attentions to the potential and opportunities that lie ahead. So my mentorship then moved to the African Leadership Academy, where I would help them identify talented girls and boys from Kenya to join the ALA in South Africa. I moved on to mentor for the Global Give Back Circle, which is um, was in, established by the Clinton Foundation. And then uh, later on, the Obama Young African Leadership initiative. So I'm still a mentor with the Global Give Back Circle and several other mentorship platforms. So that is one of the bridges that I think is important that I've contributed to. But I've also been active in knowledge generation. I write a lot, I research a lot, I convene and present widely in the area of gender and inclusive finance. And some of my development publications are out there, Women on Boards, Access to Agri-Finance for Women in 2019. In fact, my PhD thesis was on women navigating their path to corporate powerhouse, the board. 
So I'm also a regular contributor to professional journals like Spark, where I'm a member. The other bridge that I've contributed to is uh, the actual service on boards. I've served in various boards, both in corporate and otherwise, to push the agenda of inclusive governance. And always I'm there to chair either audit or finance or investment committee, because as you know, my background is banking and finance. Uh, lately, at the African Women Leadership Network, I'm um, the vice chair where the work is about amplifying women's voice in matters of access to finance and access to leadership. So I encourage women, as many of them, to join platforms like uh, we have all in Kenyan chapter to be able to access these uh, spaces. Uh, previously, I served in uh, government as well as a commissioner for university education in Kenya at a time when the sector was at its lowest, I must say, and I was privileged to tackle financial prudence, education standards and regulations, because I was involved in the accrediting and revoking of licenses, but also very keen on gender diversity of academic staff, including vice chancellors and deputy vice chancellors. And most importantly, I've been a member of, uh, a very active member of FAWE, and FAWE is a forum for African women educationalists, where I also get to champion access to education and employable skills for girls, particularly through gender responsive pedagogy. So briefly, those are some of the bridges that I've contributed to, to see more women pass through this uh, process and access the spaces where I am. Millicent, you're the advisor on women empowerment policy and affirmative finance at the AFTP. And uh, of course, with your other engagement as a mentor and uh, as a contributor in some of the reputable journals in the country, what are some of the policy changes that you would like to see that would help women rise in top level management? And I don't know if you could talk about this from a more holistic perspective, all the way from policy, uh, national and organizational, as well as, you know, other matters like education. Thank you, Ali. Of course, to see more women rise to top management uh, requires top-driven company-wide change and commitment. There are many diversity trainings and women groupings, which are good, but in my view, they tend to obscure real push for progress. So for me, the gap is more on the workplace practices more than policy. And largely because corporate culture of inclusion is not for HR to fix, but for all leaders within an organization to address within their team. But that said, I think policy is addressing employable skills gap, which includes STEM, STEM being science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Policies around succession management, because if we don't have a gender lens, even in terms of managing succession at all levels in organizations, then we still have women filtering. The policies around pay and benefits management would also help accelerate women in management and, of course, help create a gender-equal future that we need. At the national level, Kenya has really done well, in my view. If you see universal access to education at primary level and now moving to secondary level, I think that has been a good thing. And while I was at the commission as well, I saw that uh, there was a greater push to see more and more women advance into the academic ranks, uh, 
and that was good. And I was proudly part of the team that was busy accelerating women PhDs, especially because we needed, we had put in a regulation that requires all lecturers from master's level to have their PhDs, and there were not enough PhDs at the time. So some of those uh, policies and uh, just strategies like joint program, PhD programs with the developed uh, countries really helped us to achieve some of these things. So in terms of uh, my role also, where I have been in the gender sector working group, I chair the economic empowerment uh, stream. Gender sector working group is the government machinery of supporting uh, conversations and work of gender for the Kenyan people. So uh, while I sit there as a chair, I've thankfully been able to champion some of these strategies and policies that support women, financial inclusion, women empowerment, access to employable skills. So that for me is uh, my little way of contributing to the development. Thank you. Just to sort of get on a tangent, Millicent, what is your favorite book? Or better yet, <laughs> what book are you currently reading? I am currently reading a book that I've read before and repeating. It's called Beyond the Shadows of My Dream. It's a book written by Dr. Martin Oduro-Tino. Kenyans may know him well. This is a book that opened my eyes to see the power of determination, regardless of your family background. And I like the way it simplifies to see if we work hard, if we are determined, if we remain focused, we can actually achieve. It's a book I would recommend any aspiring woman to read it. It's written by a man, but as a woman, I found it very encouraging to read. Sometimes, uh, I've been writing for a while now, so sometimes I write social, sometimes academic. And my first book was actually on wedding planning. It's a guide, which I wrote soon after I got married because of my experience with planning my own wedding. Mm. And um, I know that this sounds funny, but my favorite book actually is my own PhD publication, which was on women on boards. I did a study on navigating the struggles that women have to navigate to access top leadership because I have come to believe that this struggle is about power and influence. And so... That is where I focused my four to five years of study. So that book remains my favorite. It's my own. And uh, like I mentioned, in addition to many other books that I keep reading. You know, for the benefit of uh, our curious souls like myself, and I'm sure some of our readers, do we have like a public access to it? Yes, you do. I can forward you a link after this. It's available also called Open Repump, Open Repump, but I will forward you a link, then you can be able to listen to the video and read the book as well. Perfect. I would love that. On to the Angaza Awards. So uh, you're one of the top 10 finalists of the Angaza Awards. Uh, just to, to understand recognition yeah. as a whole before we delve into it, why do you think it's important to specifically highlight the achievement of um, women in banking and finance and in all sectors in general. Thanks, Ali. I think we don't normally work to be recognized, but when it's recognized, is a good thing. Uh, as you know, women actually work a lot behind the scenes, uh, generally, and they hardly come forward to be recognized. Maybe it's inborn. So men take the limelight many times. So I'm very glad that the Angaza Award is women-focused. 
our society, as you know, is patriarchal. We still believe the men should lead or be the spokesperson. So we have women doing great exploits, but occupying deputy positions, and we hardly get to hear them. So for me, highlighting the achievements also profiles women who would otherwise miss the relevant opportunities because they are not publicly known. Nobody knows their name. In Kenya, for example, until recently, we always heard of the same names of the same women who were either first members of parliament, first professors, etc. So it's important to hear about the second woman or the tenth woman, including the upcoming ones, really. And I remember when I was appointed the vice chair for the Africa Women Leadership Network, and one person from the veteran uh, was very categorical that they didn't know me, neither had they ever heard my name anywhere before. So people work with the names they know, and a platform like this one is, is really great to highlight women who are quietly uh, working well, great things behind the scenes. And unless one is leading a visible organization or is in elective politics, they tend to just remain out of the life. So nobody will know them or point them to relevant opportunities. Thank you, Ali. Why did you apply for the Angaza Awards? I'm actually not sure how I ended up in the list, <laughs> but I was thrilled to learn about my nomination among the top 10 women to watch by the Angaza Initiatives. As you know, the award is about women quietly influencing or steering or shaping finance sector in East Africa. So I was indeed quietly doing so. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, just the fact that I've been at this for over 20 years, now it's my 23rd year, that's already an achievement. So if you are looking for women who have stayed holding on for those long years, <laughs> it's, it's good for me. Uh, getting to the top is great, as you know, but staying there, uh, even rising, is a greater achievement that deserves recognition. So I'm glad to be in the list, really. What does it mean for you to be to be in this list, the Angaza Awards? Or better yet, what does it mean for you to be recognized as Millicent? Thank you, um, Ali. As you know, uh, this is it is great. And, uh, I come from uh, some place called Butia County at the western border of Kenya and Uganda. And there's a minority community there. So this award, Angaza Award, really portends recognition to the young women and girls from my community, especially the ones that I'm mentoring. So this uh, is, is good uh, for me. And uh, I also think it's credible. I would like to, con- it makes me want to continue doing what I am doing. And uh, I think that uh, it's a good thing to have been in this uh, list of top 10 and I have personally learned for a long time that this journey is like a tree needs firm roots like a belief system or value system and I look at my profession as a stem from which I choose to invest uh, in this case banking and finance and accountancy after that one can choose to branch wherever and whenever their interest environment take them so I try to invest deeply and widely in my STEM because at, at the higher up I go, things become more general. But Angaza Awards means a lot to the women and girls from my community. Thank you. 
Millicent, as you say, it's been 23 years in this industry, 23 years of um, working uh, with leaders of different organizations and, and now the FDB. Um, I think 18 in general mainstreaming, is that right? Yes, it is. And and now you, of course, you've received recognition before. This is this is not your first, and I believe this is not your last. What now? How do you plan on um, using um, this recognition and, of course, others to impact your career or to impact change? So I will uh, first mention that uh, in my career, I have. Uh, initiated certain successful uh, platforms, especially on policy dialogue, platforms on financial inclusion. The famous one is Fin for Access to Agricultural Finance 2014 that brings together ministers of finance and agriculture. For the first time, that was an achievement and it has continued to, to be so. And I think that uh, this achievement would help me continue impacting on my work. As I mentioned that I'm in the gender sector working group, which is a governance structure of the of Kenya, where I chair the women economic empowerment and financial inclusion. So I would like to use this uh, to continue coordinating the various capacity development initiatives in place. I also uh, designed an initiative at the Agricultural Finance Corporation called the WOW the Women Access to Agri-Finance Window Initiative. And this is an initiative that sought to accelerate access to finance for women in agribusiness, which coupled with capacity building, alternative collateral and the like. So this uh, recognition just gave me the impetus to keep on doing what I like to do. Uh-huh. As the all-in vice chair, still uh, championing financial inclusion and women's voice, I want to continue to support the intergenerational mentorship for young women because this is a program that is highly supported by His Excellency the President and recently hosted for us virtually the 2020 edition and I'm glad to show this as as part of the work that is uh, enhancing my contribution and impact in uh, in that area. So I'm glad that you asked that. Something that you mentioned in the middle of the interview is the fact that most women who receive recognitions are the trailblazers, you know, the first cabinet secretary, uh, the first woman in banking, the first woman on a certain leadership board, the founder. How do you think we can bring, you know, the second and the third who do quite a lot in the shadows to recognition? So I possibly will use my own example to encourage, uh, maybe you can pick from there, that uh, first of all, the way the Angaza Award has been defined, I think was brilliant. And if you ask me, I don't think anything could be done differently. It's, uh, the assessment criteria is clear. You have outstanding and credible judges. It's about facts and figures that are largely in the public domain. So as far as your side is concerned, I think you're okay. However, on the side of the, the applicant, I think we have a lot more to do, which uh, I can call advice uh, if you agree to the applicants, the prospective applicants about excellence and excellence. Excellence, again, we just need to excel 
where we are as the upcoming women without waiting for a title or a pay rise to excel at whatever assignment we have at hand that means that you've got to be passionate and enjoy what you're doing or what you're pursuing otherwise you soon burn out and whoever takes the risk in appointing me for instance need the confidence that i buy their vision and that they made the best choice by hiring me so excellence for me means focusing on tangible results not just stories i'm sure there will always be time to tell stories after the results and that story is best told by someone else like angaza for instance i also can uh, advise that uh, we need to keep our personal profile updated including on social media because angaza is not just looking at the cv i'm sure you are looking at our linkedin profiles and all that so that is important and also actively contributing to our professional associations and networks i for instance very engage very actively with ispark and another network called women on boards network in kenya and this helps me get sharpened and kept abreast with the current affairs the personal profile at home is critical as well in my view so we need to stay in touch with our loved ones keep the connections peaceful if you understand what i mean and i think the aspiring angaza applicants can also choose to grow invest in themselves don't just remain technical in your level if your goal is to create impact in your space uh, i think uh, it's important to move from technical to influence levels i believe the reason i get all these accolades from ispark and others is not because i'm the best accountant or the best banker no way i am actually not the best accountant believe me i'm just always going beyond book figures to see how these figures lead to positive improvements in the lives of human beings especially women and girls and in my space finance and accounts talking about women gender inclusion is is not the usual cup of tea so when i do something small it attracts the attention of the profession so i encourage us to move beyond technical accountant technical banking to leadership and create more impact in our spaces 10 years from now in uh, april 2031 what is the one thing that you would like to see in terms of the inclusion of women in top level management well i think it's not just about numbers uh, we can have many uh, women that is the sustain the sustenance of them it's really good that we have them but sustainable sustainability for me is key here because there are women that i know who i could mention their names that i found very inspiring throughout my banking and finance career that they stayed on despite what they may have called challenges who are some of the women that you have found inspiring throughout your career there are many women who have inspired me in this journey either intentionally or even without them knowing as you know even though things are changing this uh, banking and finance space have as for long been male dominated so inspiration could come from any angle including those women who managed to juggle work family child bearing So I can mention a few in the interest of time like my dear mother my mom is a finance guru by birth very excellent in bookkeeping and financial matters she taught me how to make money save invest before my primary school age and we had this tin home bank that was only opened in December 
and uh, my mom has always been a treasurer or a secretary for the, as long as I can remember. So she inspires me, considering that she was not facilitated to access proper education, not even high school. And this was to allow her brothers to go ahead in education, including her own twin brother went ahead of her. And because of her, I chose a career in money matters. And I think she must have inherited from her mother as well. My late grandmother, Francisca, was an epitome of beauty and brains. May her soul rest in peace. And there's another woman which allow me to mention a uh, second woman that I uh, admired is Dr. Mary Okello, who was the board chair of KWFT. At the time, I was working there on the transformation as a general manager. This lady was calmly firm and focused, and she ensured the mission of banking on women was preserved. Of course, I learned from her that during her time as a manager in the bank, things were bad. Banks did not even allow women to open accounts or even to borrow money without consent and support of their spouses. So Dr. Okello really supported me a lot. When I resigned uh, from my general manager position to pursue my doctorate studies in the Netherlands, really a great woman, yet very humble. And another one worth mentioning, Ali, if you allow is it, Mrs. Susan Mudune. Mrs. Mudune was a chair of KCB Group Board when she started mentoring me, and she later initiated me into the board service. I served as a national treasurer for the Kenya Girl Guides Association at 29 years, courtesy of Madam Susan. And I had met her at KCB Group, where I served for over eight years, and I was working there in treasury and operations. So Mrs. Mudune was my kind of wholesome woman, and she helped me to see that it was practically possible for me to excel in both my banking career and family life without having to choose one over the other. Such an amazing woman that I would like always to see the women uh, like her coming up. Uh, thank you, Ali. This is all I had for today, Millicent. Is there anything that you might left out that you'd like to add? So um, I don't have much to add. I just want to encourage uh, the women to keep doing what they are good at. The space is infinite, really. And uh, as long as we stay focused, we can achieve what we would like to achieve. And I think I'm very grateful for this uh, opportunity to engage with the Angaza Awards. Let's just do our best even when there is no recognition. And that, uh, I think, is very important for both the young girls and the old aligned. So I also want to congratulate the other top 10 uh, Angaza Award winners. They surely demonstrated that uh, they are doing great things. I like the way Angaza was keen on us demonstrated results because if they are not demonstrated, they are just stories. And I was glad to see the little things that I have found myself doing yeah, at AFC, at uh, Africa, at KWP, KCB, PWC, all that. And more specifically that these were to transcend the institutions. So we cannot uh, just restrict ourselves to the titles and the offices that we have, but we can do a lot more beyond or the impact that transcends the borders of our institutions. I'm, for example, very excited to have been at the AFDB group 
at this time to contribute to the establishment of the credit guarantee scheme that uh, is de-risking women enterprises and enhancing their profile with the banks and financial institutions and supporting them to thrive as entrepreneurs. This for me was really a huge uh, contribution. It's a transaction that is expected to unlock more than 2 billion of credit. And it's in my in our view, it's the largest ever effort to bridge the access to finance gap for women in Africa's history. And equally exciting for me is uh, my contribution to the establishment of the multi-donor gender equality trust fund. And this is the bank's vehicle that is uh, pushing forward the women empowerment across the continent, which actually is also the first thematic fund on gender in the African Development Bank's history. So I am very grateful that these small contributions are highlighted and uh, that we will continue to engage. Uh, thank you. I possibly needed also to mention that uh, Isangaza Award is not my first one, and I like it so much because it's different from the others. As you noticed, I have received recently various awards, fellowships, and commendations uh, like from Her Excellency, the First Lady of Kenya for Economic Empowerment and Financial Inclusion for Women and Girls. This is a recognition I received uh, last month during the International Women, uh, Women's Day celebration 2021. And prior to that, I got uh, also commendations from ISPAC for my seemingly outstanding contribution in championing inclusive governance and public financial management. But the earlier awards and fellowships, like the one from Harvard Business School and Women's World Banking, were also for strategic leadership in inclusive finance. So I'm glad that uh, Angaza has gone behind the scenes also to uncover some of these little contributions that we make to shape the financing space. So thank you, Ali, for your time. No, actually, thank you so much for creating time for this discussion. And um, we would actually love, as the Kenyan Wall Street, to have further discussions with you, specifically regarding the um, AFDB credit guarantee schemes and the rationale behind the initiative and the impact you're looking. We would actually love to host that conversation here. That to be no done. All right. Thank you so much for creating time to have this discussion. And uh, I look forward to having you in many more. Kiswahili ni getaka kusema kwa heri kwa Kiswahili. I don't want to forget my Kiswahili earlier. So, naomba ni seme kwa Kiswahili tafadhali. Kwa wadle wanaelewa, nimeshukuru kabisa kwa muda huu ambao umenipatia kwa kuangaziwa kwa sababu ni muhimu sana kwangu na kwa akina dada na wasichana wale ambao wanatoka sehemu ya pale natoka kule Kenya so asante sana na wahimiza kabisa watafute kwanza ufalme wa Mungu na hayo yote yatazidishiwa na waendelee kutia bidii kwa kazi yao asante karibu sana uh, thank you so much for listening